Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. As always, I'm Colin. And hello, I am Austin. Hello, Austin. Uh, week three in the books here this week. Um, you were uh, you were at the game last week for the Steelers you mentioned here, right? It's on the 40-yard line, two rows up, baby. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, and I, we were just talking a little bit here pre, uh, pre-show here about some of the different snap shares there that surprised me because I didn't, it wasn't a game that I watched. I'll be honest. You didn't um, miss much. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to. Yeah. Well, screw you too, buddy. <laughs> I mean, Hey, my quarterback, the quarterback of my favorite team looks just as washed as yours. I mean, Debatable. Mine's not a, I mean, Debatable. mine's not a walking meme right now, but Debatable. after that fall on his face, um, but yeah, uh, week three kind of wraps up here, kind of starting to get a feel for who's good, who's not. Um, so we can we can discuss that a little bit later into the show, but let's just jump right into it. Uh, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. Uh, you can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday Drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Um, so this week we have a couple of news items here. Um, first one, obviously the big one. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is out for a few weeks. He does avoid IR, but he is going to be out here for the foreseeable future. Um, Obviously, the big name that everybody has been talking about here is Chuba Hubbard. Uh, do we think Chuba is actually going to be fantasy relevant moving forward? How much of, you know, how much of a role do we think he's going to have in that offense? It's obviously not going to be CMCs, but is he going to be fantasy starting worthy here? I think he's a flex option. Uh, assuming I, I want to see the snap shares next game, or at least the first half of next game, to feel good about that. IR is a three-week thing now, right? Like yeah. minimum. Does that mean that they they think that CMC might only be out two weeks? That's kind of what they lead you to believe there. But, man, it's a hamstring injury. Those kind of tend to linger. It's risky that you're, you're, you're wasting a roster spot on him. And if he's not like if he's not recovering the way you wanted, then you're either just now it's now that you've wasted these weeks, or you have to eventually put him on IR, and that's going to cost you the three there. I don't know why they didn't just put him on IR to start off. Uh, honestly, a very odd decision. Uh, yeah, I I agree with that there, especially because like I said, you know, hamstring injuries kind of have a tendency to linger. So maybe they think he's going to be back you know, before three weeks, or they think that there's a chance that he's back before three weeks. Um, and I think their, their three, and zero record at this point probably also plays a role in that, you know, they're, they're going to want him back as soon as possible. Uh, you know, Tampa, um, Tampa's still probably the favorite for that division, but you know, the saints not quite as imposing as they used to be. The Falcons are kind of a dumpster fire. Uh, so, you know, that division is kind of open. You, yeah, I mean the 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 lead back there is always relevant. Look at Mike um, Davis. Yes, exactly. And we've seen him, you know, in Atlanta this year and hasn't exactly done a lot. I'm not ex- I'm not expecting like I said I think they're a flex play, but I mean it's it's a starting running back for a couple of weeks. So I don't know. Uh who was they also have um um guy used to be on the Broncos, right? My guy Royce Freeman. Yeah, that's the one. Guy that's was one. uh I, I was a little bit excited about until they drafted um Javante Williams. So I'm interested to see how those snaps between those two shake out. Man, Royce Freeman. There's a guy. I thought he was going to be so good out of college. Then he went back for that fourth year. Then I was still pretty. I was still pretty okay with it. I, I don't know whatever happened to that guy. That a big, a big old miss there on my behalf. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people missed on him. I thought he was going to be pretty good too. Um, and like I said, I even even this year, you know, I wasn't ready to give up on him. I actually have him stashed in a fair amount of places. So. I'm fingers crossed here that uh, Chuba doesn't look Chuba looks more like um, senior year Chuba than or, or last year in college Chuba than uh, than his other years there. 
I th- this I, there's a bigger question here that I want to ask you real quickly before we move on to the next item. CMC has now dealt with some injuries two years in a row. Here, is he a sell for you? Like, if you can get anything, not anything, but if you can get what seems to be a reasonable offer for him, would you move him no matter what? Even if you're compete, like if you feel like your your team is really a competitor, um, I think. If my team is like a super competitor, if I look at my team and I'm like, I think I can win it this year, then I probably still hang on to CMC. But if I have any doubt in that, or if I look around the team and I'm around the league and I'm like, I think that team might be better than me, even with McCaffrey, I might try to move him because you could even get, I'm sure, you know, that there's a team out there that, you know, at this point in the year or maybe next week, you know, that's kind of when people start to really look at their team and like, all right, well, I'm not competing. So let me start to, you know, rebuild here. You could probably go snag a Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones type of a player from a team that's rebuilding and get some something on top of that to keep you competitive uh, if you think you are a competitor and then get, you know, maybe another piece for the future as well. So you you probably can't get the Bijan or Travion anymore for him, right? Um, I don't think I think that would be really difficult to achieve um, unless somebody has maybe both of them and their NFL team is super. It's really good. They're just one player away. I think you almost have to. You're asking for that second tier already of guys. You're you're asking in the tank Gibbs. Um, is there anybody else in that tier? I'm forgetting somebody like really obvious, aren't I? Uh, I mean, are you putting Spiller and Hall in that group? Oh uh, yes, I I think you're you're already dipping into that tier at this point. If you're asking somebody uh, for a college side asset, yeah, I mean, you might be able to get um, Travion in that just because he's still a freshman and he's I, a couple years out. The hype on him is so extreme now. I I think like I was saying earlier, if I had Travion and somebody, and I I had to sell him, I have him and Bijan, and I have to sell one of them. I think I would get more for Travion right now. The hype is just stupid. And I still think Bijan's a better player, but I I think you could just charge more and someone's willing to pay it because he's the flavor of the month. That's definitely entirely possible. Um, but I I don't know. Maybe it's my own actual perception creeping in instead of uh, you know gauging the market, but I still think Bijan is is probably harder to get because the person who has Bijan probably spent the one, one or the one, two on him. Um, unless, you know, if it was a startup this year, I suppose. Um, so they're probably really high on them. That That's probably the person you're getting. You, you would be looking to get the him from. So I think it might be a little bit harder there, but uh, yeah, to answer your question. Yeah. You're kind of dipping into that second tier already. If you're looking at the college side. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll move on here to the next one. Um, other bit of news here. It, it happened like very early in the week. Um, Josh Gordon uh, gets reinstated and is signs to Kansas city's practice squad. Do we care? No. Next question. <laughs> um, care to elaborate? No. Next question. <laughs> No, I think he's washed. And to be honest, I don't I don't expect him to be able to stay in the NFL long enough for it to matter anyway, even if he was back to his normal self. Um, he's just in my opinion, I like I, I wish him all the best and I wish it wasn't that way, but I just don't think he can I don't I don't think he can control uh whatever his his addictions are. Um so no. Yeah. Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. Fool me three times, fool me, fool me four times. Yeah, no, it, it's it's not happening. I, I I this is the one place though that he could have gone that made people start talking about it. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. If he goes anywhere else, if he goes anywhere else, um, he nobody really cares that much. The only other place that would have gotten a decent amount of hype is Green Bay. Because they just need that second option there. That like, it's yeah. the same exact situation, basically. That's the only other place that I think he would have gotten any hype anywhere else. Yeah, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I, but I I agree with you. I don't think we really care um, that much now. Kansas City 
does have a pretty soft uh, receiver group. You got Tyreek Hill, uh, but then outside of him, you have Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson. Neither of them really inspire much confidence. Um, and Har- Robinson and Hardman are both getting about a 70% snap share. So they're on the field for a lot. Um, you know, and then you have Jody Fortson, guy that I don't even know who that is. Uh, Marcus Kemp, Byron Pringle, like those are the other options that they're working with there. So if he ever gets promoted to the active roster, that hype is going to keep building. But I don't know if he ever actually gets promoted to the active roster. It would be an interesting hypothesis, and there's literally zero way to test this. Does it even matter who the the next target in line there is? Like we we want it to be a thing, and granted, <laughs> I don't think they've done a particularly good job of picking that third person. But I also suspect that part of the reason that they haven't really invested too much into it, besides Mikul, is that it probably doesn't really matter because he looks at Kelsey and Tyreek so much, and then the running back gets gets a couple dump offs a game as well that it just. Like I and, and like I said, there's no way to test this hypothesis because, like, you can't take Allen Robinson and put him there because then everybody already knows that Allen Robinson is a good player. You know, th- there is no way to test this to be able to take like a, a somebody and, and put him there and, and see if, if, what the situation turns out to be. Because otherwise, it's just confirming the prior that this player was already good. Or, um, but it. So I don't even know that it matters really. I d- I don't think that Patrick Mahomes has room in his heart. <laughs> for another target it's all full it's full yeah it's uh it, it's i heard he wears I, I, I heard he wears a locket a little heart locket and you open it and it's just got travis kelsey on one side and tyreek on the other side there's no third pain there for another picture <laughs> in that locket um yeah i'm i'm with you i don't think it matters uh we, as much as we want it to be a thing it's i just i don't think it's going to be um i think for kansas city's sake uh, for them to be able to win a Super Bowl again, they're going to need somebody else there. You know, we saw what happened in the Super Bowl last year, where you know, if if teams can have a way to shut down Kelsey and Hill and just make, try and make somebody else beat them, nobody else can do it. Yes, and but I don't think that playoff run we've probably talked about this before was indicative of that that team because the offensive line was just completely toast at that point. Like Mahomes was coming off an injury. Like it was literally the only, the perfect time to, to catch them. And I still didn't think that it was, you know, like, I'm, like they still moved the ball fairly effectively. So I, I don't know that that, that game was That's fair. really telling on any sort of grand scale. That's fair. So long story short, we don't care about Josh Gordon. Um, you can no. pick him up, try and trade him for whatever you want uh, or leave him on your waiver wire. Do whatever you want with it, but don't expect anything. Um, next thing here, speaking of Super Bowls, uh, LaShawn McCoy, uh, two-time Super Bowl winner, two-time reigning Super Bowl winner, he's won both of the past Super Bowls, uh, is signs a one-day contract with the Eagles and retires. Uh, this is not really fantasy-worthy here, but just like a, a nice story here, nice cap off to a to a nice career. You know, Sean McCoy, uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, stand up. Um, Pitt stand up. Pitt stand up. Uh, goes to Philadelphia. He's Pennsylvania guy through and through. So nice to see him go back to the Eagles to retire. Um, do we think he's a Hall of Famer? No, I don't actually. Um, also, I'm kind of surprised. He seems like the kind of guy that's just such a dick that he would sign with the <laughs> he would retire with the Cowboys or something like, purposefully. Uh, like reach out to them specifically. Um, he's just such a dickhead. He ruined <laughs> Avengers for me, so I wish I wish him nothing but walking into the middle of traffic for the rest of his life. <laughs> if uh, you heard it here first, if Austin ever gets a Hall of Fame vote, don't expect LaShawn McCoy to get in. Nope. Um, he is the 22nd all-time leading rusher, 1,100 yards. Um, do you think that he... Uh, so you still don't think he ever gets in? 15,000 uh, career scrimmage yards right on the dot. Um, I don't ever really think that I thought at any point in his career that I was watching a Hall of Fame career unfold. I think there are lots of guys like that. You know, I, I feel kind of the same way about Frank Gore. 
I watched Frank Gore's whole career here unfold over the past 50 years. I never really felt like he was a Hall of Fame guy. There, there are just those players that just, I don't know, you, you, you don't feel like there's something special unfolding when you're watching them. And while I think that LaShawn McCoy was a really good player, um, you know, the, the same argument that can be made against Philip Rivers, uh, the same argument that can be made um, about maybe Jimmy Graham, maybe oh. on a lesser scale or somebody like, I just don't think these guys are Hall of Famers, even though they had fairly significant careers. The Hall of Fame should be special. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pickier about this. But did we have a whole meltdown on here one time from mm-hmm. me about somebody going into the Hall of Fame? Who was I talking about? Julian Edelman? Oh, uh, yeah. I think. <laughs> well, if Edelman gets in, then McCoy should get in. <laughs> if that's the standard. I mean, hey, McCoy has two Super Bowl rings now. Watch out. Um, that We spent probably longer talking about McCoy than we really needed to here. Like I said, it was just a nice little story. Um, but yeah, uh, Fuck him. <laughs> Pit legend, uh, though. Uh, next one here, A.J. Brown. Um, going to be ham- sidelined here for uh, at least this week, likely a couple more as well with a hamstring injury. Um, Julio did not have, it did not played very sparingly in the second half last week. Um, he has been either, I don't think he's participated in practice all week. Um, he may be out. Um, the next man up is looking like Nick Westbrook Akine. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce, if I pronounced that right. Um, I've been calling him Ikeni, but I don't like Nick West, but I don't know if that's correct either. Um, okay. I don't even know where that dude went to college. I was literally just going to say bonus points if you can guess where he went to college. He was undrafted. I'm going to guess it's like a G5. It's or P5. not a G5. No, it's P5. Oh, it's P5. Mm-hmm. I only know this because I looked it up. It's got to be like Oregon State or something really weird. Um, You're kind of in that vein. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, no Big Ten school. Big Ten school. Illinois? No, very close. Indiana. Okay. Okay. I knew it had to be like a bottom feeder. Sorry, Hoosiers. Well, it's Indiana, but he um, he's 24. So he's been out of school for a little while. Um, I don't even see like what draft class he was in because he was not drafted. Um, but are any of those guys intriguing for you at all if uh, Julio doesn't go this week? Yeah, I actually tried to put in a bid in one or two leagues for for Nick the NWI. Um, I don't know if I, it sounds like a it sounds like a, it sounds like a bad knockoff of NWA. Well, could be that too. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I put in a couple bids for him this week. I don't remember how much of him I ended up winning because I'm not starting him, so I haven't been like rifling through my rosters to see if I snagged them. Um, I think they just keep feeding Derrick Henry more at that point. Like that, that would probably be my guess. Um, Ferkser season again. I was thinking about that, but he, he's been banged up here um, to start the year. He missed week two. I haven't seen anything about, um, I didn't see if he played week three or not. And I haven't seen anything updated lately with his status i I, admittedly though i did not look that hard the the titans are literally a team that i don't follow outside of like fantasy output at all yeah they're not i mean i just i would never pick to watch a titans game (laughs) no like and that's not like i just i don't care about the market or the team i just i wouldn't pay there's a lot of teams i wouldn't i wouldn't sit down and watch houston or jacksonville or Honestly, Atlanta Anybody anymore. In the- like, <laughs> there's a lot of teams that I wouldn't. So, That's no, fair. no, no, no hard feelings there, uh, Titans fans. Um, but they do get the Jets this week. Is there anybody on this team that you would be interested in starting this week besides Derrick Henry? Oh, when you put it like that, um, I mean, you have to start Tannehill, right? I have a very hard time believing that you have a better option, I, I, unless your guys like. Teddy Bridgewater, or maybe you acquired Sam Darnold this offseason. You know, I'd start one of those guys. But outside of that, I think you have to start Tannehill, a quarterback. But no, I wouldn't start any other skill position guys. Uh, I don't. The Jets, like they're a top, like they're the the 10th ranked defense in the league, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, that game's going to be like seven to two. It's going to be <laughs> terrible. But someone's got to, someone's got to watch it. 
It was not going to be you, though, apparently. You do not choose nope. to watch Titans games. Um, uh, do you want to? I can uh, help it. <laughs> um, you're just, we should just keep a running tally of how many fan bases you piss off. That one's not anything personal. It's just, I don't <laughs> want to watch Tennessee. I don't know. I don't uh, even really watch that many individual games for the NFL anymore. I watch a lot of Red Zone. I watch all the Steelers games and then I watch primetime games. Like I'm watching, we're, we're recording this while this Thursday night game's on. But other than that, I don't watch games really. Yeah. No, I, I, same, same. Um, I, I honestly, I don't know if I'm starting Tannehill this week. Like you said, the Jets are like a, a top 10 defense. I think they are 10th. Um, the, the passing game options there are, are atrocious. I think they just ride Derrick Henry this week. Really would not surprise me if Tannehill turns in like a sub 10 point fantasy day. Who, which, which quarterback in that game would you start if you had to choose between the two? Oh, of them? God. Um, Zach Wilson. He's <laughs> got a higher upside. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I uh I mean he may throw three picks, but <laughs> I actually kind of agree with that weirdly. I actually probably <laughs> would choose that too if I had to pick between one of those two starters. That's fun. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't I don't know if Tannehill's startable this week. But uh, moving here into the uh week in review. Uh and keeping it keeping with the theme from the last couple weeks here, Austin, who's one player who impressed you or their stock is up? A player who has impressed me, I'm trying to kind of build upon these as the season goes on. It'll probably be a lot more difficult once we have like 13 games under our belts. But for the first couple, I think I can. Uh, Christian Kirk is a guy that I think I kind of left for dead this offseason uh, more than a lot of other players. Like, I think I even left him for more, more than dead than like Mike Williams or some of these other guys. Um, I just I, I figured we'd had three years uh, of his career including a year uh, 2019, his second year in the league, where he got 108 targets, and he really didn't do much fantasy-wise. So I kind of thought at that point, same same head coach, same quarterback, they actually upgraded pieces around him. Like, I, this is the year where he, where he does nothing. And then through three games, he's, he's been pretty solid. Uh, 17 targets, so he's averaging a little over five targets a game. Uh, had two touchdowns that first week, and then this past week, um, he didn't have a touchdown, but he had over 100 yards receiving. Uh, he might, I mean, that offense is really interesting now with Hopkins, Moore, and um, and, and Kirk. And then you have A.J. Green there. I, I'm not necessarily sure that he'll be a consistent option, but I like he's the kind of guy that was a throw-in in trades a couple weeks or months ago. And now I feel like you could probably get a second for him. Is somebody yeah. I've I've had some offers in that range in a couple leagues that I had him rotten on the bench somewhere. So I don't I, that, think I'd take anything less than a second for him, to be honest with you. So that's probably one of my biggest surprises so far this year. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. He's a guy that I liked a lot coming out of uh, at at a Texas A and M, um, but like you said, really has not lived up to the billing up until this year. So definitely a pleasant surprise. I did, um, and I did not like him coming out of college, so I felt so vindicated the past three years. <laughs> um, now, maybe he'll make me eat my words. Probably not. But. That four-year breakout, got to watch out. Um, my guy that's impressed so far is uh, Jamar Chase. And you like you like we were talking about a little bit pre-show here. Um, you, know, you mentioned that one of his touchdowns last week uh, came on a broken play. Um, you were at that game. So I will take you at your word there for that one. But either way, he still has scored four touchdowns through three games here early. Um, he also, interestingly enough, is the only player in the Super Bowl era to have a receiving yard, a 30 yard receiving touchdown in each of his first three games. So he's putting up on big plays. They may be broken plays, um, but he is still putting up big plays putting up good stat lines here this year and i thought he would get off to a slow start um given that he missed a full year of college there given that the Bengals have uh higgins and boyd already there um now higgins was banged up but was banged up he didn't play last week higgins didn't play last week is banged up didn't play i don't think he's playing tonight either um yeah i actually i i saw that he was uh, doubtful, I think, is what they had him at, or questionable. Either way, um, he looked really comfy dapping everybody up on the sideline. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever injury he's got, apparently, isn't that bad if he can swing his arms like this. And I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm actually, I'm not watching that one here. I don't uh, get that 
channel up in the room I'm recording in. But so I'm not watching that one right now. But anyway, I digress. Jamar Chase been impressive so far. Hotter start than I was expecting. I um yeah. So just I for first off, I'm fully aware. I think as most people know that I'm definitely not a Steelers homer on this show. I the Steelers suck, and they definitely like that. That oh my god, the fourth quarter there was just mind melting. Um, Chase scored in a broken a broken play in the back of the end zone, and then the other touchdown that he scored. This drive was the most annoying fucking thing ever. At the end of the first half, they got the ball. The Bengals got the ball with like 50 seconds left or something and drove the whole length of the field. And the only reason they were able to do so because it was of a horrendous, horrendous personal foul call on the Steelers that was just like not like everyone around us was just like, what? What? (laughs) It was it was bad. So, I mean, he only had what, three catches in that game, I think. He actually really for he he was honestly actually very like Tyler Boyd looked very impressive uh and Jamar Chase did not um he's kind of Boyd's a guy we were hyping up all off season pit stand up (laughs) that's two tonight baby um so I am still I like he's wide receiver 12 I think right now and full PPR scoring at this point in the season and that's a little rich for how he's actually performed but it's a really nice sign for a rookie to obviously be performing like that straight out of the gate yeah, that's more or less where I'm at, too. I know there's some context that needs to be applied to it, but um, very pleasantly surprised with the hot start here. Um, but conversely, one player that's disappointed you this week or so far. Oh, my God. Allen Robinson. Where where are you, Allen Robinson? I I need uh, uh, well, uh, a wellness check or whatever. What is it when you go when you call somebody to go to somebody's house and check if they're alive? Uh, I don't know. Wellness oh, check, maybe something. That's why I just said I don't. It doesn't sound right for me. Uh, but whatever. Um, he hasn't done anything this year. It's honestly mind blowing to me that just he's. No, I mean, the whole passing offense. What they passed for sixty yards or something this past week. Um, but I mean, yeah. they hit through for under two hundred yards. He's. He, <laughs> which I called. You're welcome, everybody. Um, I mean, he got 11 targets week one, four week two, six week three, and he still hasn't surpassed 35 yards receiving in any game. He bailed out his week two performance with a touchdown, um, but I, I he's quarterback proof. I just don't know what's going on there. He's really killing me in a couple of places. He's. I'm thinking about just selling him for whatever I can get because I'm just that annoyed. <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far. I do think he is going to turn it around. I think that offense is going to look a little bit better, and it may not come. May it may come when uh, if Nagy gets fired, um, which I would not rule out happening in the middle of the season if they continue to look poorly on offense there, because uh, their offenses look not good at all. Um, David Montgomery's been been okay, um, but the rest of the offenses really not look that great. But either way, I think I'm still hanging on to Robinson. You call it my Penn State homerism, but I, I'm still a believer. But yes, definitely has been disappointing so far. I uh, I don't actually believe it is, but I just like to give you a hard time about things. So <laughs> if it wasn't that, it'd be something else. So I I, I know I, I know um, I'm well aware. But my uh, underperformer disappointment so far is a guy that you talked about in the uh, episode leading up to the season. Uh, he was a guy that you predicted to be the underperformer of the year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. He just, that whole Colts team has not looked good. Uh, and he, you know, we, we kind of thought that they would just ride him. And, you know, week one, 17 carries. He got six receptions. You know, we were like, okay, you know, the the efficiency wasn't really there because it was 17 carries, it's only turned into 56 yards, uh, and he did not score. But we saw the volume. He's declined in, in carries uh, every single week. 15 carries week two, 10 carries last week. Um, just that has not gotten into the end zone yet. That whole team just looks off. And Jonathan Taylor, if you've been starting him, you've been likely extremely disappointed. Really, really annoying me. Um, 
Really, really annoying me. The thing is, though, he's the kind of guy you can't bench because he'll just have a game where he has like 10 or like, you know, 14 carries, but he busts like two 45-yard touchdowns and you're just left sitting there like a dipshit. Um, so you have to start him. But yeah, and I... Hey, look here, people. I'm only right about 95% of the time. That 5%, <laughs> I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, but this one, I feel like definitely falls into the 95% where I am just 100% correct on this. He's he's going to disappoint this year. He's going to be a huge buy all offseason. I can't wait to have these discussions about him next offseason about how, you know, he you sold him for what? So, I don't know. <laughs> Um, he, he also gets Miami this week, uh, pretty solid defense, and he gets Baltimore the week after that. Both of those on the road. Um, wouldn't surprise me if we see two more disappointments coming from him, honestly. Um, yeah, maybe. So I think there's going to create a buying window, like you said. Uh, may happen before uh, next offseason, but yeah, I, I think there's going to be a buying window coming up here soon because I, I do still believe in him. Uh, I think he's still very talented, so May not come this year, but just patience. I have no patience. Uh, And then what is one big surprise here for you so far? My big surprise so far this season is the emergence of these young Raiders receivers. Um, They're all performing a little better. And I guess maybe we can attribute some of that to Derek Carr, who is playing like his hair is on fire or what little hair he has left uh, (laughs) early this season. Uh, but they're all playing well. I mean, Ruggs, I think a guy that many, um, you know, it drew a lot of scorn this offseason. He's getting targets now. They're using him way more effectively than they did last year. I don't know what happened there. Like, Rudin sat down and was the, like, I, I don't know what the discussion was. They just determined they were totally using him wrong, but they're, they're getting the ball in his hands in space and letting him kind of work. Obviously, still letting him take shots downfield because of how fast he is, but he's not he's not just a deep threat anymore. I mean, he's getting, he's gotten five, seven and seven targets, um, you know, seven for one thirteen and one week two against the Steelers. And then this past week's uh, four catches for 78 uh, against the dolphins there. He looks really, really good. He looks dangerous. They're actually using him the correct way, which is exciting to see. Brian Edwards is, is playing decently uh, five for 81 week one, three for 40 week two, five for 89 week three, just needs to get in the end zone here a little bit, but, but better than I think most thought he would do. And then Hunter Renfro is doing well too. I mean, dude has six has what 16 catches on the year already a touchdown. He's got 204 yards. I mean, it's actually like a moderately exciting Raiders offense. Uh, That's not even including, you know, Darren Waller and and some of the running backs they have there. So um, color me surprised that this whole offense has been interesting. I mean, the Steelers defense is good. Yeah, and they moved the ball pretty effectively against them. Yeah, yeah, no, they they definitely moved the ball well against them, and it wasn't even Waller. Um, so you said before when we were talking about it, I don't know if you talked, I don't know if we talked about it last week on the show, if it was just you and I talking, but they put Minka Fitzpatrick on it on Waller, kind of shut him down there, and like I said, the rest of those guys helped move that offense. Uh, like like Hunter Renfro, I, I think he had a, a couple big catches in that game, didn't he? And that's the uh, game. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, they they all did to be honest. They all kind of had like their moment, except for and Waller didn't do much that game. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and they've been doing it without Josh Jacobs too. You know, he's been banged up. Um, but my big surprise so far has been Brandon Cooks. I mean, once we got the news that Deshaun Watson was going to be out here for a little while, um, you know, we don't really know how long it's going to be, but. He's not been, you know, obviously he's not going to be playing anytime soon. I shouldn't have said a little while. Um, once we get the news that Deshaun Watson was not going to be playing for a while, you know, we were like, all right, who's going to be throwing Brandon Cooks the ball, you know? And it turns out it doesn't really matter. Um, he's looked good so far this year. Um, five, uh, seven targets week one goes five for 132. Um, and then nine targets each of the or nine receptions each of the last two weeks, 14 and 11 targets. Um, gets in the end zone once, goes over 100 yards again. So he's either at 100 yards or a touchdown each week. Um, he's looked he's looked good. Uh, and it, like I said, it really has not mattered who throw who's been throwing him the ball. Um, he's just he's been putting up numbers. And, and that's I liked Brandon Cooks, but obviously the big concern there was the quarterback play. Yeah, 
Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I, he's a guy that you'd never have anything to say about. And then he just goes out and puts up 1,100 yards, four touchdowns, and it's just the, it keeps trucking along. Uh, I actually have him on a couple teams, and I just like totally forget that he's on those teams. He's the most forgettable, <laughs> decent fantasy player ever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, if, if you have him, though, you know, starting him. Starting him every week. Or, or move pretty, him to a contender because he's pretty cheap to trade for too. Yeah. Like if I, I I'm targeting him, trying to pry him away from a couple teams in leagues where I'm competing right now. Just because he's cheap, why not? Yeah, yeah, cheap, and he's getting production, and he's really the only fantasy relevant player on that offense right now. Um, but moving on here towards this week, um, start of the week under the radar. One guy's outside the top 12 at quarterback or tight end or top 24 for wide receivers and running backs. And this is according to Fantasy Pros Weekly Rankings. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. I chose Gio Bernard, who is RB64 in the uh, Fantasy Pros Rankings for this week. And he is behind such juggernauts as Kyle Juszczyk, Larry Roundtree, Salvin Ahmed, Damian Williams, um, Tony Jones, Malcolm Brown, David Johnson. I mean, why? Why? I think he's starting to establish more of a role there with Tom Brady. He's not going to be the guy at any point there in Tampa Bay, but... He's going to get touches every week because Rojo is not very good at football, and Leonard Fournette had his couple of years there, and now he's done as well. I just like they have no other real threat on that team, and TB has a history with this exact kind of back. I think he's like a borderline flex option a lot of weeks, especially I play in a lot of leagues that have a lot of flex spots. You kind of got to dig a little deeper. Um, I think that he's very startable this week against new England and that revenge game for Tom for Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy you were, you were talking about up um, pretty much all off season here. Uh, you know, it's, and like you said, Tom, he fills a role that Tom Brady has liked to target. He likes to target his pass catching running backs. And that's something Gio Bernard does really well. And, you know, starting to turn it on here. So I like the, uh, I like that call there. I don't know how comfortable I would feel starting him yet personally. Oh, but, I'm starting them in like five leagues this week, but <laughs> practice what you preach. I hey, I will never say anything on these podcasts that I don't wholeheartedly believe, and probably am not doing myself. For the record, that is this is very very true. Um, my underrated start of the week here is Jacoby Myers, another guy we've been talking up decent amount in the off season here. Um, he's gotten. The volume so far this year nine targets week one six targets week two 14 targets last week um it hasn't turned into a lot of yards because that offense has not been very good uh they have yet to score 20 points uh, they have yet to score more than 16 points uh, the offense as a whole has been pretty poor but he has been if there's anybody really that you want to start from that offense it's probably going to be jacoby myers um, you know, he fills a role there that Mac Jones likes to target and he's getting the volume and they get Tampa Bay this week. Um, Tampa Bay has been giving up a lot of points to wide receivers. Um, so I think he's, you know, with the volume, I think there's a decent chance he gets in the end zone this week. Um, I like Jacoby Myers. Yeah. What can I say? A Jacoby, uh, a guy that I really, really like. So, um, I'm starting him a lot of places this week too. <laughs> I bet yeah. there's even a lot of teams that I'm starting Jacoby and Gio Bernard. Look at that. I'm, Are you a contender in those leagues? Fuck you, man. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's a little aggressive. <laughs> I play in a lot of leagues that are either more than 12 teams or we just start like 14 players. So, yeah, I start a lot of Jacoby <laughs> Myers, start a lot of Gio Bernard. I was not expecting that. That was way more aggressive than I was expecting. I wasn't saying that as an insult. Yeah, it's just okay. a general question. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you anyway, totally weren't being a douche. You were. You know. I'm never a douche. Okay. I think everybody who listens to this show knows the dynamic of our relationship here, and I think that they can very safely say that I am not the douchebag. 
But moving on, one <laughs> prediction uh, for this week or rest of season either way. I have literally zero to base this on. This is how some of these are. Some of these, some of these predictions are designed Fire from nothing the hip. to. Yes, exactly. But last week's prediction was Justin Fields under 200 passing yards, and that that one hit. So we're going for we're going back to back here, folks. This week is the first week that Robert Woods outscores Cooper Cup. I think it's a matter of time. Um, you know, Cup is scoring these touchdowns. I just have this weird feeling that that like Robert Woods has two touchdowns this week, and that propels him um, over. And they play Arizona. It's going to be kind of a back and forth game. I think there's going to be some opportunities there. Um, so for whatever reason, give me Robert Woods over Cooper Cup this week. I like it. I, I uh, Robert Woods is going to be better than what he has been so far this year, and Cooper Cup is going to come back down to earth. I set all my lineups tonight, so I have them all fresh in my head. I have a team with Robert Woods, Jacoby Myers, and Gio Bernard in it. That team's <laughs> going to go off this week. <laughs> you hope. Boom. <laughs> um, well, I wonder, does it also have my guy on it that I'm going to talk about here? It does not. I uh, went I went uh, light running back uh, mm. in most of these drafts this offseason. So. Fair enough. Um the my prediction here deandre swift finishes the year as the rb1 the number one rb after this year he's already the rb3 um in fantasy here he just i mean he's he he's the workhorse back there in that offense and they're even I shouldn't say the workhorse back in that offense. He's the focal point of that offense. But Jamal Williams has been getting a fair amount of work as well. And DeAndre Swift is still putting up these types of numbers. He's seventh in the entire league in terms of touches at running back. Um, He has 52 touches through three weeks here. Jared Goff just checks the ball down to him. He is just going to keep catching passes. And he's being very, very productive after the catch with the ball as well, which is something we saw in college. Um, you know, it's something that he was uh, he's always been good at. And I don't think it's really going to matter that much who the the matchups against or anything like that. I think he's week to week is going to be a top five fantasy option. And I think that's going to lead to him being the number one at the end of the year. Um, yeah. And actually, the really nice thing about him is that he doesn't take a lot of punishment. Like he stays pretty fresh for getting a lot of touches. He's, I get, I get that Derrick Henry is like 500 pounds, but it's not like <laughs> just taking a pounding every time he gets the ball. Um, it's kind of LaShawn McCoy esque in that sense that he never, he, he never really got beat up too much either. I mean, he would lay on the ground for a few minutes now and then. But. <laughs> really going back to LaShawn McCoy here, huh? Really harping on, on McCoy. I don't know why that was the first name that came to mind, but yeah. Fair enough. And, and I mean, the thing with DeAndre Swift, too, is he has yet to break 50 yards rushing. You know, it's a lot of it's the receiving work. I think he's going to get going on the ground at some point. I mean, he's played San Francisco, Green Bay and Baltimore, who I think are pretty solid defenses. Yeah, um, those are tough ones. Yeah. So his schedule is going to lighten up. He's going to start putting up more rushing yards as well. And if he can keep that passing game work going, too, which I think he can, given that receiving core is not good um yeah like i said he's top five option for me on a weekly basis i think he ends up as the rb1 i uh i i still think that i derrick henry probably finishes the season as the rb1 but that is that was something i was a little bit worried about because he's been a workhorse for them and but he you got to honestly, and I know you can't really predict injuries, especially for guys who have not been injured in their career, but he has so many carries. I feel like at some point the workload has to weigh on him. I started saying that about Tom Brady 30 years ago. Uh, we're still here. <laughs> You're not even 30 yet. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, anyway, here we'll move into our, uh, our little Debbie slant um, class of 2022. Um, one notable performance from a player in the class of 2022, uh, good or bad here. Um, kick it off. I chose sincere McCormick for this week. Um, a guy that kind of, you know, didn't, didn't open up the season, uh, particularly hot. Uh, a lot of people had him as a top five back in the 2022 class. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I mean, week one, 117 yards, but no touchdowns in week two, like no yards, but two touchdowns. I mean, it, it's kind of been a, a up and down thing here for him. But this week, he finally kind of got going against Memphis. 42 carries, 184 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns, had three catches as well. Um, listen, I've tweeted this yesterday. and I know this is the NFL side of the C2C pod, but listen, if you are a contender on the college side and you're in a league where people are down on sincere McCormick based on those first three weeks of the season, go get him. I think the best defense they play rushing wise for the rest of the season is is Louisiana tech. Louisiana tech is not a good rushing defense. They gave up six yards of carry to Mississippi Who's- state. They, they're, oh, who's the team in there? They have play a team in that conference. It's like the 45th ranked rush defense or something. But that's like the that's the uh, best rush defense they play the rest of the year. Could be UCF or like, Houston. Like is it one North, of the bigger schools there? They're not in that conference. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. They're CUSA. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, it's it's a very weak schedule moving forward. And he's, you know, he's, he's 5'9", 205. Is he actually 205? I don't know. But I think if that's the starting point for him needing to gain weight this offseason, I should feel decent about that were he to declare. I, I think he's being slept on a little bit. Small school, like maybe he does go day three. I don't know, but I I, I just – I think we're forgetting a little bit about Sincere McCormick because of some of these other guys that have broken out this year, and I would just caution you on doing so. I think he is about to get real hot real quick. Yeah, I I hope so. I, I I have sincere McCormick in a fair amount of places because he's a guy that I thought was going to have a monster year this year. And you know, tough start to the year here so far, but I, I'm with you. I, th- I think he's going to really pick it up here. A quick question for you: Why do you know what Louisiana Tech's rush defense is like ranked? I, I talked about it on the uh, on Campus Life in the Start Sit section. Um, I who's, who's playing this week? I don't remember, but I don't remember exactly off the top of my head, but I'm starting their running back this week. You just had that information off the top of your head very quickly, and I was like, this dude's a degenerate. Brandon Thomas? Yeah, they let up six yards of carry to Mississippi State, I remember. No, Memphis plays Temple this week, right? Memphis does play Temple. Um, I'm (laughs) starting Brandon Thomas, though. I I am, too. Totally (laughs) different (laughs) totally different discussion here um i don't remember who it is we can go back to the go back to campus life and listen uh figure out who it is that i'm starting because i fast forward through all the parts that you talk through though just like impulsive like that instinctually just as soon as you start talking i hit that fast forward i was talking to the audience members not you i mean okay i know you don't listen to me Uh, by the way max borgie is questionable this week he's not definitively out um i still have yet to pick a replacement though I digress. We're getting way off the rails here. It's fine. (laughs) Um, My 2022 player to highlight here is uh, a guy who is likely one of the guys you mentioned that is overshadowing Sincere McCormick right now. And that's Kenneth Walker, the third running back for Michigan state started off the year in Fuego, 264 yards and four touchdowns Uh, following week. They blow out Youngstown State. He gets seven carries, so 57 yards and a touchdown. Eh. Uh, Next week, goes off for 172 yards rushing. um, Gets a receiving touchdown thrown in there as well for good measure. Down week last week against Nebraska, but he's a guy who's who's looked really good to start the year here this year. Um, And I think he's a guy that we need to start taking seriously here. I, as as a as a Devi prospect, I don't know if he will declare this year. He is a junior, but I think if he's smart, he does declare this year. This running back class is not really that great, like we talked about a couple times on Campus Life. But the twenty twenty three class looks really good, so he has a better chance of getting better draft capital if he does declare after this year. After what's looking like it's going to be a really hot year for him here this year. Um, you know, but he, he had a really nice year last year too for Wake Forest before transferring to Michigan State. Um, 13 touchdowns on the ground. So this isn't just a one-time thing. Uh, it's just nice to be see him doing it in the Big Ten. And I think he's a guy, like I said, we need to start taking him a little bit more seriously from a Debbie angle. 
it's uh, there's going to be an amazing amount of mediocre talent in this year's draft with all these fifth year guys that went back. I was yeah. thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, the sixth round is going to be where it's at. There's going to be a lot of sixth round guys in this draft. Um, <laughs> you I heard it here first, folks. Stock up on your fourth round picks in uh, in your dynasty drafts. I, uh, I I still have Kenneth Walker as a day three guy, um, but upper day three. Um, so. And That's yeah, fair. with the situation, certainly you could go earlier than that, just where I personally have him graded. Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to see him get more than three catches. Uh, he has three catches every single year so far, and he's done it through four games so far. So nice to see a little bit You're of receiving. You just jinxed him. You just jinxed him. But he is also 210 pounds already, according to sports reference. So if he does need to bulk up, it's not much. Oh, 210's good. Yeah, it is. Um, I think that is going to do it here for us tonight. A little bit shorter of a show. Uh, but don't forget to um, download the episode here. Uh, if you're listening, definitely download. Helps us out. Uh, but tune in Saturday for morning uh, at the tailgate, 10 o'clock. Uh, first hour, say we talked um, you know, a little bit of matchups, some start sits, uh, some prize picks, plays. A second hour, we're talking DFS, we're talking some betting, some injury news right before the games kick off. Uh, and then Saturday night, uh, tune in. What's the big night game this week, actually? Which one are we going live after? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's Ole Miss Alabama, is it? I think that's it 3.30. might be, actually, because... Um, I don't know. Old Miss Alabama is at like 3.30, right? There's a huge ESPN discussion because Arkansas Georgia is at noon, and the reason yeah. they have that time slot is because they did not want it butting up against Bama. Uh, I don't know. We, we go live. It's like 10, It's like 11 o'clock. <laughs> I can go on Twitter at 11 and see what we're doing. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go live after the, the big night game there for Coast to Coast. Um, also... Tune into the C2C family of pods. Debbie debate. Why wait till Sunday? Fantasy roundtable. Three and out. Uh, we'll be bringing you the early week show. Campus life as usual. But until then, I'm Colin. I'm Austin. And have a good one.